What's up? This is your host, Ross Bolin. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know if you're interested in how this podcast was formed, how it came to be, uh, maybe how big it's gotten, I'll be discussing that on my other podcast, my personal show, The Ross Bolin Podcast, later today. The Ross Bolin Podcast is available all the same places OCC is available. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming, The King in the North. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys. I'm your host, Ross Bolin, with my good friend and co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, where's your mood today? Oh, man, is it Sunday yet? That's where my mood is. It's not. It's Wednesday. I'm just, I'm just, I'm really ready. I'm ready for the next episode, man, but also ready to to hear some good voicemails. Better be ready for the next and episode. A, That's and, what Nate Dog said. And a, and a... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, to talk about some stuff today, and twenty seconds in our first pop culture reference. Yes, yeah. Well, that yeah, everybody, you know, that's what you're gonna get from us. I'm on point today. Yeah, Nate Dog. I also believe. R.I.P. That yeah, he he's kind of a, a a spirit animal of this podcast, I believe, because he was also very much about the cash monies. He was. He was. He loved the cash monies. And people always say like doing hooks is definitely our forte. <laughs> that was for sure Nate Dog's forte yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 This episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. Everybody has the right to rest, but the key to getting your best rest is, of course, the right mattress. Meet Lisa with two awesome mattresses, accessories, and bases for better, deeper rest. Their all-foam Lisa mattress is new and improved, featuring cooling LSA 200 foam for enhanced pressure relief for side sleepers, or you can get their uh, Sapira. It's a hybrid mattress, if you will, the perfect combination of foam and spring for pressure relief and edge-to-edge support. It's actually the mattress that both Barrett and I chose individually uh, when we got the pick from Lisa. A lot of people to go with. Yeah, a lot of people thought that it could only be springs or only memory foam, and they were wrong. And Lisa was like, "Nah, dog, watch this. It's called a hybrid. Yeah. Deal with it." <laughs> Yeah, Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody, and from day one, they set out to create a company with heart. It's one of the reasons we love working with them so much. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention, and to date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Clam fam, you get 15% off any mattress from Lisa for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon, L-E-E. SA.com slash dragon. Just use the promo code dragon and you'll get 15% off any mattress for a limited time. Lisa.com slash dragon. For those of you who are new to the Oysters, Clams, and Cockles podcast, which is many, many people, you are now part of what's called the Clam Fam, if you didn't know, of which Barrett and I are kind of like the head shellfish or whatever. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to take a second for you guys, and if you're not new here, you can just skip through this, no big deal. To introduce ourselves a little bit as your fear-filled leaders. I'm Ross Boland. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm 31 years old. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I now live in Austin, Texas with my wife, Taylor. I've been working at the same company for eight years called Grand X, and I am now, actually at the end of this this month, 
uh, going to be heading out on my own to start my own company, Bolin Media, under which this podcast will actually live. Grand X is where OCC was born, uh, just to be clear. Now I'm moving off doing my own thing. And of course, that company will also be built around my other show, the Ross Bolin Podcast as well. Uh, if you enjoy what you hear on OCC today, give the Ross Bolin Podcast a try. Uh, a lot of laughs, similar to this show, but then some also serious discussion about life in general, mental health, substance abuse, uh, current events. We try to stay away from politics and religion as much as possible, but sometimes they seep in. Anyway, the Ross Bolin Podcast is the name of the show, otherwise known as RBP. Give it a shot, and if you, uh, if you enjoy it, subscribe. Bear it also has uh, a little introduction for you here and his own podcast as well, his own personal podcast as well that he's going to tell you about for a second. Yeah, my podcast, I just, I get on the mic, I get on the microphone. You turn it on. I turn it on. I get in the studio. Press record. And then I just, I, I get like copies of, uh, of, of Red Book and yeah. Good Housekeeping from yeah. 1993. And you read them. And I just read them on That's the microphone. That's the show. Yeah, it's called Club Cool. <laughs> I wonder if anybody would actually listen to that. Like, I wonder if there's some weirdos out there who that would that would do it for them. You know, I bet there are. I, does, well, half of our listeners probably have no idea what Red Book is because I think that magazine has been dead since like 1999. Well, now we have but, officially entered the mainstream where we have listeners from all walks of life and ages <laughs> and all over the planet. So it's completely possible. Well, yeah. Okay. No, uh, I'm just kidding though. Uh, Club Cool is all about style and pop culture. In fact, I I, I usually say that we uh, we meet at the intersection of those two things. Yeah. Uh, usually drops on Wednesday. This week it'll actually drop on Thursday. You can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. But man, we really just we talk about entertainment and TV and film, and then a lot of style, a lot of clothing. We fashion. we talk sneakers, we talk fashion. Uh, you know the whole People shebang, have and then it the and, Zoolander of podcasts. Ah, yeah, that's a good description. People have called it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man. If 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 you like celebrity news and style and and talking about brands and fashion and all that, then you will like that podcast. I I guarantee you that. Here, here, you can ask yourself this: Am I a cool person? <laughs> and then if the answer is yes, you should join Club Cool. Yeah, and we do. You know, we talk about we do a lot. That's uh, that's kind of high level, and then a lot that's like kind of intro basics, like helping you find your find your footing in the style game. Right. For example, so which, like, whichever it, side of that spectrum you fall on, there's something for you that for you there. For sure. Like I fall onto the more uh, like amateur section of your listenership, probably. So I appreciate the episodes that get into the more simple stuff to explain it for me. Yeah. And like kind of get me caught up on what's going on in the world of style and fashion or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I, I used to be an employee at that at Grandex, like Ross mentioned as well. And Ross and I actually went to high school together. We did, which and has have been friends for a long, long time. Then we went to college, like thirty minutes away from each other. Which is why we have uh, just such a gripping dynamic. It's just gripping on the on the microphones. We here. grip each other while we record <laughs> too, which is part of the reason you can feel it. You know. <laughs> But yeah, listen to the Ross Bolin podcast, listen to Club Cool, follow Barrett and I on all social media. He's at Barrett Dudley, B-A-R-R-E-T-T Dudley, and I'm at W-R Bolin on all the ones that matter. Um, Today, Wednesday, for the second podcast of the week, we're doing what we'll uh, be doing every Wednesday during this six-week season eight run. Field hotline calls around the latest and greatest from Game of Thrones uh, from you, the Clam Fam, the listenership. Our hotline number is 866 Four three 
clams. Again, 866-43-CLAMS. It's a voicemail. So if you uh, fuck up, you can just hang up and call back. Or apparently there's something you can press maybe star or pound and it'll just restart your voicemail. I don't know. I've, I've got a DM about that this morning. I have not confirmed or denied said claim. That's a game changer. It is a game changer if true. If true. If Big true. If true. If true. Big. 866-43-CLAMS. Call with a question, a theory, uh a take on something that occurred in the most recent episode, what you think is going to happen going forward. We're really here for anything and everything Game of Thrones related. 866-43-CLAMS. Keep the calls coming. I think our hotline has officially been lost to the masses. Uh, We have, I think, like 2,600 calls from Monday's recording to right before this show started. So... That's a lot. Uh, we can't listen to them all anymore, which is a shame in some ways because I like I can't sleep at night knowing there are incredible phone calls right, buried in that right, pile. Right. But also for the sake, like this show wouldn't exist if I listened to all the calls. So we went. I went through at least a couple hundred of them. Uh, picked out, I believe, eleven for today. Now, do you do, do how do you do this? Do you do this randomly? Do you just scroll yes. and and hit on ones? Yeah, so it wouldn't be fair if I just clicked on the most recent ones, right? right? right. So like I try to bounce around all through the what I would consider to be that batch mm-hmm. since the most recent hotline sure, episode sure, or whatever sure. to try to give everybody a shot at getting in there. Yeah. You know? And then it's just kind of luck from there. So no hard yeah, feelings yeah, you if gotta, your call you doesn't gotta. make it. For many of you, I'm sure you've placed great hotline calls that haven't been read on the show. I wish I knew how to find those, but I, I just, frankly, have no control over this uh, hotline system. I, you know, anymore. really, I blame uh, our our former intern, Luke, who just, you know, he left too soon. He, he should, did. He should have been here on this ride with High us. and dry. Uh, really? You know? Yeah. Some could say he left us high and dry. <laughs> but now it's just me listening to hotline calls. Nah, we love you, Luke. Appreciate you. But uh, let's get started. A lot to talk about. Here's the first call for today's show. What's going on, guys? Chris from New Jersey. Uh, I just really want to call to say that, you know, it really started to make a lot more sense that um, Cersei's not actually pregnant, and it was kind of just all a ruse. So hear me out, right? She is drinking wine. You guys even said it that she was drinking wine right after she got railed by Euron. So that's one strike. You know, it, it's, it's already incestual babies. Technically, she already had three, like... The likelihood of them already being fucked up is already high. Now, drinking on top of that, you're asking for trouble. Then, it makes more logic sense. Lying about having a kid fools Tyrion to think that that she'll actually come up north and join them, even though she's obviously not going to. She's already said it. And then it also tricks Jamie and makes him want to stay more, because now he's had something of his own to fight for, a kid that he could actually call his own. So it's really starting to make a lot more sense, and I just hope we can actually discuss it uh, come Thursday's pod, you know, about how she's not actually pregnant, and this was just all a giant ruse. All right, guys, be good. Chris from New Jersey, back to questioning uh, the legitimacy of Cersei's pregnancy claim. Lots of things to talk about, right? Okay, we, we didn't, since Monday, this has been one of the things that's kind of played back through in my mind a couple times, and I've sort of changed a little bit of my view on this whole scene here with Cersei boning out Euron, pounding wine, him saying, I'm going to put a prince in your belly, all that. The first of all, like like Chris said, he's drink, she's drinking wine, which I know is not uncommon for pregnant people, just for the record, like women are, have a glass or two here. Some don't drink at all, and that's their prerogative. Um, back in this day or in this Game of Thrones time that never existed, 
this would have been more commonplace. This isn't something that, like, I don't think... That's not necessarily a red flag to me. I right? agree. I agree with you. Yeah, okay. But she's railing out pirates. She smirks when you're on leaves. Maybe it's a smirk. Maybe it's an emotional flash. I don't know. But to me, it's like either she knows she can blame the existing pregnancy that does exist on Euron, and that makes her smirk because she's like, wow, this will just kind of twist the knife in Jamie even more, saying it's Euron's son, or whatever. I'm assuming it'll be a son. And uh, I'm a sexist. And then all of, the, all of the citizens of King's Landing will love her more as well. Oh, now she's pregnant with this guy. It, like, it works politically for her and personally. If she says Euron is the father of her kid. Now, whether or not that timeline would even work, I don't know. Maybe she's too pregnant or not. In, I, I, I just don't know. But it would certainly get under Jamie's skin, perhaps earn more clout with the citizens of King's Landing. It did work on Tyrion in getting him to believe that she would come up north to help the good guys. Uh, it also did tempt Jamie to stay at least a little bit. You have to imagine that him knowing his sister lover was pregnant came into uh, effect when he was deciding whether or not to leave King's Landing. So now I'm really torn here on whether or not Cersei really is pregnant, which is how it should be. I don't, we're, not, we're clearly not supposed to know one way or the other. This is supposed to be a question we're asking ourselves. Or at the very least, we're supposed to be asking ourselves, how is she going to use that baby to her advantage strategically? And it seems like Euron is the answer. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is one of those ones where y- you could talk me into either right. thing being true I could be here. talked into either two. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel initially, during season seven, is when I was, when I felt most strongly that she was not actually pregnant. I agree. Like, now that, I feel more the other way. That's when it felt like, oh, she's just she's just making this up yeah. to try to get Jamie, Jamie to stay. Yeah. She can use it in her negotiation with Tyrion. Yes, but now, now I'm now I'm just not sure. Now it feels like it played with the Iron Bank too, because it's almost like, look, there is a future to my house that I should be worried about. You can trust me to be responsible right, right. with this money. But at this point, okay, how about this? If she's if she is not pregnant, right? Then like, how do we even get that revealed? I'm, that's what when you say that sentence, it leans me ninety percent towards she is full blown medically pregnant because that reveal doesn't work on screen. Yeah, ha ha! What are we gonna have who like would, a Maggie Lizer fat suit right, going on? Yeah, like, it's not gonna be the case here. So yeah, who would who would she tell? How would that go down? What would lead to her having to say that she wasn't pregnant? Yeah, like I actually, and now that I'm set, now that I'm just talking through this out loud on the right. mic. It actually makes a lot more sense for her to be pregnant because it leads to a much more intense potential death. For sure. Because people like, don't like when pregnant people die. Right. Well, and like what if somebody that cares about her, whether it or, or semi cares about her, whether that's Tyrion or Jamie is the one who does or whoever, it. or whoever else has now, to kill her and has to also kill the, the baby, baby. Now you're killing two people, yeah. 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 So that that's de- I, I'm I'm talking through it here. I do think that she is pregnant and then on you know cherry on top is kind of like and now in a, in the political side of things she can pin it on Euron she can say it's Euron's baby I get worried a little bit thinking about the red wedding and like the yin and yang of life or whatever 
and Cersei being pregnant, the Lannisters being responsible for the Red Wedding. Yeah. yeah and where it. that could go from here. That's a great point. Because based on what we saw in episode one, the likelihood that Cersei has like a full-term pregnancy in this season is negative. <laughs> um, we're not going to see her give birth. That is not going to happen. Unless there's like, after the battle for Winterfell, it's like, six months later for, <laughs> for episode four, which would, uh, that would be something. I don't yeah. think that's going to fucking happen. I don't think so either. So I'm, I'm kind of with you now that we've walked through it a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she's not pregnant. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. So to me, the smirk is, oh my God, now I can just say it's this fucking idiot. Right. Yeah. 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 And everybody wins. Yeah. I think it was just a- Except Jamie. And also people kept one. you know, I know there were a lot of questions about, or at least a lot of jokes about how she drops that heavy line about if you want a whore, buy her. If you want a queen, earn her. And then like 30 seconds later, she changes her mind. Yeah. Maybe this is another piece of that, that she's like, wait. I got to be able to say, like, maybe this is good for me. If like, I can she say thought, it that this is, thought it through. Yeah. 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 If I can say that this is Euron's baby. Right. So yeah. maybe she saw the opportunity and took it. Yeah. She does very quickly move on from even considering the fact that she just boned that dude, gets back to thinking about elephants immediately. Uh, so, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, got to have your priorities. And, and she, she thought there was going to be elephants, man. Elephants are always priority number one, and they never forget. Yeah. Next yeah. call. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Morgan, Tyler, Hannah from everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, just a quick theory I had after watching the first episode. Is there any chance that you guys think that we'll get sort of like an ending and then maybe like, a, um, you know, like it ends and then there's like a, you know, 20 years later or 10 years later and it shows how everything pans out in like the super long run? Um, anyway, that's just an idea I had. Maybe it shows like a, an old ass Jon Snow on the throne or something or something crazy. Anyway, I love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Later. An M- epilogue. Yeah. Is what that yes. would be. Morgan Tyler Hannah from everywhere is this person's name. Another, uh, you was know, it a este- squad? esteemed member of Tyler Nation. Yeah. Also Morgan and Hannah Nation. Okay, so is there any... We've talked about this a little bit. I kind of wanted to retouch based on, um, I guess, new information. We've talked about whether or not there's a chance we get multiple sort of endings. Or like, how do we think this ends, Barrett? Based on... I still believe that it's a safe bet that we don't kill every character. um, That not everyone is going to be dead and that's not the end of the show. That That would be weird. What do you think? Is it happily ever after in King's Landing... I mean, what what are we looking at here? Are we going to do the Lord of the Rings several endings? It just is, I'm trying to imagine, like, how you could just do one clean fade to black and credit roll for a story this complex. So, all right, have you, Intern Klein actually texted me about this, and I had not, I actually hadn't heard anything about this. Have you heard that there is a two-hour documentary releasing the week after like the Sunday after episode six? I believe I had heard that, yeah. Okay, so now there is apparently buzz that that is like a, Actually, bo- a bonus episode. A super season finale? <laughs> yeah, which I'm not... No. I'm not... I have not... You people need to chill. That would be insane. <laughs> I haven't done a dive into that theory, but there's almost... I just don't think a company like HBO would do something that you it's know too sneaky. Gimmicky. And gim- it's yeah. too gimmicky. They don't need that. Yeah. Like... 
it, they don't need that. They Why would they, they do exa- that? Yeah, exactly. The the final episode is going to smash all sorts of ratings, all of the records, records yeah. ever, and so it's just like a- as is. And I don't think that they need to. They don't need that two hour little piece on the end, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the thing we get after the the initial, like if let's say there's an initial fade to black or whatever. It would make sense for me if they had another, you know, 30 second of the show that was teasing one of these prequels we've got coming or one of these shows we've got coming somehow. All right. So spinoffs. Yeah. Okay. I actually, well, I think we're going to get a trailer for a spinoff within a month after Game of Thrones ends. You think they have to get that out. In fact, I mean, if they really wanted to capitalize, it would come on after the last episode yeah. like a little teaser or something right for the one with naomi watts and and whatever you think they have that shit like that much in the can they where might. they could make a trailer at least Holy a teaser fuck who wrote that already a teaser Dude. they've been working on it for two years now tease me um okay here's what i'll say i i think i actually i actually do like the idea of an epilogue at the end of the last episode and here's what i here is what i think it would be We've been talking about what the spiral means, right? Yeah. What the Night King spiral means. Yeah. So what I'm hearing that I, that sounds the best to me is that it's like basically kind of true detective style time as a flat circle. Okay. Like it's a piece of continuity. Like everything is the same and is always the same and it's just it, it just continues to like happen over and over again. All right. It's just all spokes on a wheel. It's, We've been here the before. Wheel keeps we'll turning. be here again. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's kind of what I could see an epilogue being is like there's a conclusion, whether good or bad for the living. And then the cycle restarts. And then we fast forward however many number of years and they could do that in in either way. They could do like just 50 years forward and it's like the children of the forest making a new Night King or they could jump a thousand years forward and it's like, oh shit. And it's like there's there's the new brand or the new whoever in Winterfell again, and it's like it's so funny to think about. That's that's kind of one one thing that I could. Yeah, s- I could see where, that for sure. Where they where they might go with this? It's funny to imagine um, the weight of deciding how this is going to end because when it comes down to, and may, maybe not for the show version, of course, there's a lot of speculation that maybe George has a different version for his books uh, that he's you know holding for that purpose or whatever. But it's just crazy to think about them having to decide how they're going to end Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And and man, it it's really, really hard to know because you know, that that type of ending where it's kind of like almost Twilight Zone ish, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like look at the the circular the after mirrored parallel nature of all this. Like nothing is ever nothing ever really changes. Like you can't really its wings. Yeah, exactly. Like you 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 can't change fate, like all of that type of stuff. Yeah. That would almost make sense if the show hadn't gotten as big as it's become. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Like, like it's, it's a little now. now it's a little now maybe that's a little too offbeat and weird. Yeah. No, I feel you. That's. I mean, I think that's a lot like, of do why- Do they kind of need, because of the weight of the show, because it's the biggest television show in like history at this point- They because, need a more mainstream ending. Do they need a more mainstream ending? I, I, I say yes. Uh, if you get an obscure, super out of left field ending, people are going to be like, what the fuck? I just don't- I don't know. But then again, you, dude, think about The Sopranos. It's the example that always haunts me is they were like, you know what? No, fuck it. And they did the fade to black ending. 
And many cut people hated it. Yeah, cut, cut to black. Sorry, not even, no fade. <laughs> cut to black ending. People thought their TVs had broken. There was no definitive ending to the show. You don't know what happens to the protagonist mm-hmm. slash antagonist. And it worked to some degree. Like, it aged well. I love the ending now. I loved it when it happened because I thought it was the most exciting thing in the history of television. I was like, oh my God, someone just killed themselves because they think their TV broke. Right, right. And that person should still be with us. <laughs> uh, that was dark. But anyway, I, so you never know. Like, And that was an HBO show. I don't put it past them to do something crazy for the hype, for the exposure, for the social media. But then looking, I mean, like comparing this to anything that's existed ever, they just don't need the gimmicks. They don't need Anything to help them, they just need to close it as cleanly and as beautifully as possible. Yeah. So I, I can't see there being some crazy four Lord of the Rings style ending anymore just because it. they've never given us a clue that that's the angle that they would go with or that that's the route they would go. It's always been a pretty clean cut show. Yeah. Like they don't fuck with us very much. Yeah, again, I'm just I'm going back to like, you know that scene in Fast and Furious 2 when, <laughs> when I can't remember if it's Paul Walker or Tyrese that's driving the car, but well, one gonna, of them's white and one's black. They're, Does that they're, help? They're going to they're <laughs> they're going to throw the car off of a ramp and oh, of onto course. a boat that's going in or that's that's over here in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Of course. Of okay. Course. So that's kind of like that's the feeling that I get with this ending. And, you know, Two, three seasons in, that car that they're going to attempt to do that with is just, it's is like an Acura. Okay, yeah. And Acuras are nice, as right. we know. Sure. Acuras are nice. It's a good car. But now it's a Ferrari. Right. And can they take that risk? Can they wreck that? Can they can they take that risk of, a hell wrecking, of, an analogy. of wrecking that Ferrari by trying to jump it from land off the ramp Onto and, a hit, boat. and hit the boat that's, that's out in the ocean? To to an extent, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, I, I totally feel you. It feels more difficult and more dangerous to attempt the crazy landing yeah. now because right. it's the most important because television most Im- show right. yeah. ever made, Yep. which I don't think, after, after this week, after having some time to have like really considered it, it's it has to be number one for me. It, it has to be number one over The Sopranos, over The Wire, over anything else that I've ever watched. Because it's the most impactful on my actual life. Like yeah. for me, well, I mean, not, not the show aside, like OCC aside, the podcast aside, I the show for six weeks becomes the most important thing in my life. That's never happened with a television show or anything really, <laughs> other than humans, because that's the way it's supposed to be. But with Game of Thrones, I'm like, like th- this is it. This is the focus of my life until <laughs> the middle of next month. Yeah, or I'm sorry, the end of next month, I guess. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. There's just it's just the best. I fucking love it. So let's talk more about it. Next call. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name's Troy from the Chicagoland area, and listen to the podcast right now. Just listen to you guys talk about the uh, message that the Night King leaves with the boy on the wall and the spiral symbol. And when you look at the symbol, uh, I can't help but notice that it looks that spiral looks very similar to the a Targaryen sigil. Um, so if you actually look side by side of that, the Targaryen sigil of the dragon, uh, that takes a spiral shape as well. And it looks just like uh, the symbol the Night King leaves on the wall. And sometimes, you know, I don't really get into all of the theories about who is the Night King. I'm kind of just letting the show sort of answer that question for us. But uh, to me, there's like a lot of 
a, a few things that line up um, in terms of, like, the Night King maybe being a Targaryen. Uh, I don't know, like, the fact he can ride a dragon. Um, and then, you know, that that always was something that stood out to me. But then he, uh, you know, leaves this spiral symbol that looks just like the Targaryen sigil, if you look at it. And then Beric lights it on fire, so now we see it engulfed in flames. And there's just a lot of things lining up there. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a coincidence, but I feel like there are no coincidences in this show. And the fact that the symbols look so much alike, uh, I don't know, kind of stands out to me. So let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, Thanks a lot. See ya. Thanks for calling, Troy. So we got a lot of hype around this whole deal here. Like, uh, the Targaryen Night King rumor mill is just out of fucking control. We got so many calls about this particular discussion. Mm -hmm. So young Ned Umber gets nailed to the wall. He's the message from the White Walkers or whatever. It turns out once Beric stabs young Ned Umber's uh, reimagined white corpse with his flaming sword and it goes up in flames, it looks a lot like the Targaryen sigil. If you go to our uh, Instagram page, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, there's no and because of character limits, Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram. We've put up a lot of shit lately, so it's, it's a little bit down, but one day ago, uh, we put up the side-by-side of the flaming Ned Umber symbol, young Ned Umber, and the uh, Targaryen three-headed dragon sigil. It's the exact motherfucking same. It's not like, ooh, they're similar. It is the sigil. Like, it is. Now, whether or not, I mean, okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. It's the exact same shape. There aren't dragon's mouths and tongues and shit on it, but it's pretty much the exact same shape in terms of being a spiral or whatever. But this is the same spiral we saw in what? Season one, episode We've one? We've seen it multiple times. Yeah, so it's not like, I don't necessarily think that, I mean... They're circular. It could be argued that this spiral spirals the other direction from that spiral even, from from the Targaryen spiral. It's just one of the million things we have to look at and analyze as fans of this show that are trying to figure out what's the, what the hell's going to happen. But for me, oh, and here's where it got really confusing. I didn't watch the Behind the Thrones or whatever the fuck it's called after mm-hmm. the episode because I, 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 as I've mentioned many times before, it got to the point where I no longer like hearing Benioff and Weiss discuss their own show. Now, it's not necessarily a knock on them. I understand the nature of the creative industry, and I understand that being deep in the weeds on things makes them much more different for you than it does for the fans. So I get uh, that they're not the best at doing those behind-the-thrones interviews, but I think that's what they're called. Anyway, point being, I don't watch them anymore, okay? And in the most recent one, the one after this episode, apparently one of them point-blank said, only Targaryens can ride dragons. That's a big part of what picked this up for people like, oh my God, we've seen the Night King ride a dragon. He's a Targaryen. So this is on them again. All right, so I'm going to come at this from a, from a couple of different angles here. Um, one, the whole Targaryens riding the dragons thing, that's not really new information. That's We've talked about right. that ad nauseum over many seasons now. It was that's always thing. Gonna, yeah, it was always going to be a question of like, oh, well, can John actually ride a dragon because he's a Targaryen? Right. Are those dragons not killing Tyrion and like letting him touch them because he's, because a, Targaryen. he's a Targaryen? Could he possibly be able to ride one? Right. So I think we already had that connection, you know, in our minds. In fact, sure. it, in, it, that's one of the reasons we, we talked about this on Monday a little bit, where it's like, well, 
hey, shouldn't Daenerys like kind of get an idea about this because Jon can ride a dragon? Right. Like, doesn't that show her in some way right. that maybe he's related to her? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, and at the very least, I I think it it you know it kind of seats the revelation like in some some pretty compelling evidence for her yeah. when, when he drops that bomb. Like, like oh, well, when this, somebody tells her, that's the first thing that's going to pop into her yeah, mind. Yeah, this makes like, a lot of sense now. Like, oh, no. So, but he, here's the other thing. I, I don't, I'm not really subscribing to the, this is the Targaryen sigil in the flames. Yeah, it's that's fair. I, now, I think it's, it's absolutely, enough absolutely. Pre- yeah. I think it's purposeful that the spiral that the Targaryen sigil makes a similar spiral. Okay, okay. But you know, like, let's just start. Let you know, think about this. It's a song of ice and fire, right? Right. We constantly talk about how kind of like the the Targaryens are the fire, yeah, and White Walkers are the are the ice. Yeah, they're the ice. So. I think maybe it's like two sides of a coin, like yin and yang here, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I get that. I feel and that. so, and and it's it's Beric that lights the thing up in flames. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people were confused about that. They were like, "See how the White Walkers used used fire to show their pa-? like?" No, they didn't. He, Beric stabbed to, the kid with a to, flaming to sword. kill it. Yes, and, and then, then it goes the whole thing flames. goes up in flames, which was perhaps by design. But the point is. I, I just felt too many people were trying to say that White Walkers utilized fire and that that was some kind of grand display. Yeah. And to me, it's like, no, you're overthinking it. That's a child stapled to the wall on fire <laughs> with their weird symbol around. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's more like, he, you know, like you said, maybe it was by design, but he right. he stabs the kid to kill it with the fire. Yes, that's where the fire comes And from. then it goes up in flames, and then it's like a very impactful symbol that they see, and it like really emphasizes what it looks like to yeah. me. Like yeah. it is a spiral. Mm-hmm. So, but but I'm just thinking more along the lines here of like two sides of a coin. There's a lot, we already have like a lot of stark Targaryen connection. We do. John is, you know, half of each. He is. Basically. He is. The the Starks are kind of like they they are the Northerners. They are the ice essentially. Since you just Ned, touched on it, Ned Stark's sword was called ice. Like I just think yeah. this is more. I'm definitely still in camp. If the Night King is related to a family, it's the Starks. Yeah, I'm still in that camp too. And the Targaryens, the Targaryens are just the other half of this. They're the they're the most important. Those two families are the most important halves of this story. That's where I end up in firmly in the Jon Snow will clearly end up on the Iron Throne camp is he is the song of ice and fire. Right. He is both. So that's, I mean, throw a more compelling argument my way than that. It can't be done. So, it. I mean, I'd just be shocked if he doesn't, if he doesn't get this. I'm rooting for John at this point, if you can't tell right now. Also, don't watch those fucking Behind the Thrones things because you have to hear them say Cersei. 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 They also shit. don't say they don't say Sansa. Well, may, they may. They may it's Sansa it. or Sansa. It's both. They say it both ways, okay. which makes it worse. <laughs> which is worse. Pick one. Just pick one. Because it fucks me up, dude. There's strong. Like you can go back and listen to episodes of this show where to me she's Sansa, Sansa, mm-hmm. and then I start watching those and I'm like Sansa. Can't wait to see Sansa again. Sansa, please. 
Anyway. Stupid. It's stupid. Just stupid. You're a stupid girl with stupid hair. And this episode of OCC is also brought to you by Butcher Box. Butcher Box is offering the ultimate breakfast bundle. This includes two packages of bacon, two pounds of breakfast sausage, all free in your first box. Their bacon is some of the best bacon you've ever had. It's Whole30 approved, uncured, nitrate, and sugar-free. Their sausage is a healthy, authentic version of a classic-style pork sausage, simply seasoned with salt, pepper, and sage. It's Theon's favorite toy. Right now, new members will get two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage added to your box, your first box, for free. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box, Clam Fam. Go now while supplies last. This is a limited offer. If you're wondering, what is Butcher Box? They deliver healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork. They've got incredibly high-quality uh, Butcher Box meats that start with the commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals, and you can choose from five different box ty- types all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed beef, and then a custom box, which lets you choose your own cuts. Uh, this shit is great. We used some of the beef to make a, uh, a ta- our taco night last week, Taylor and I did. And I got to tell you, it was better than the normal tacos we have with the grocery store. Dude, let me beef. just tell you, the upgraded, good, grass-fed and grass-finished, humanely raised, like the cows are happy, they're not like cramped in cages, Kill like me. the good, the good stuff it yeah. makes such a huge difference. It's like it really does, though. And I mean, Weird. at the end of the day, it's like a couple of dollars a difference. Right. So it's it's I, it's worth it. I just recently switched to like using this better stuff to getting the butcher box, yeah. and it's like, man, it's just you know you you will notice the difference. I was very surprised. Like honestly, I expected it to be a higher quality than the stuff I'm used to, but I didn't expect the gap to be as big as it was. And the stuff from Butcher Box was just so much better than the stuff I got from the grocery store. Uh, everything they have is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging and all the meat is delivered right to your doorstep. High quality, healthy protein you can trust. And again, in my experience has been nothing but great with these guys. They the amount of fucking meat sitting in my freezer right now <laughs> is disturbing and I plan on all of it being inside of my stomach within the next couple weeks. You ever cook a bottom round roast? Oh god. I haven't had breakfast today, Barrett, so if we talk about food for any longer. Well, I've never cooked one, but I got one in my freezer and I'll tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to oh, cook you, the hell out of you it. Cook it, boy. You do it. Do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get the ultimate breakfast bundle. That's two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage for free in your first box, plus $20 off your first box by going to butcherbox.com slash dragon. Or just enter the promo code dragon at checkout. B-U-T-C-H-E-R, butcherbox.com slash dragon, promo code dragon to get that 20 bucks off your first box and uh, what? Two packages of bacon, two pounds of breakfast sausage for free. Boom. Next call. What's up, Clam Fam? It's Derek from San Diego. Uh, I was just wondering if you guys noticed this part in uh, the first episode when Bronze with uh, the horse and they're talking about the other guys. At one point, one of the girls says, that boy, Eddie, the ginger, came back with his face burned off and he's got no eyelids now. I'm pretty sure that's a little sly reference to uh, Ed Sheeran. Obviously, he's ginger. But yeah, I know how much you guys really hated that part, and I wasn't a really big fan of it either, but maybe that'll make you guys feel a little bit better about it. Anyway, let's keep this party going. I am fired up. Did you catch this? Uh, I did not, but 
I feel stupid for not. I, I'm. I, I'm. You really, don't like it? No, I do. I do. Oh, I like okay. it. I like okay. it. It's a nice little, especially. And I think there's a call about this, but especially because we also got a cameo done right. We did in this episode. We did indeed, and we yeah. will talk about that for sure. Uh, nah, this is this is. It almost redeems the entire thing for me. <laughs> the fact that they made this joke. The fact that it, this is what I think happened. I think they saw a lot of the outrage, a lot of the people saying like, "Are you fucking kidding me, Ed Sheeran?" Or Shireen, what's his name? Shireen, Shireen. Whatever. You always like to say Shireen. Shireen, okay. Ed Sheeran is Sheeran. correct, though. Yes. Man, I, all right. Uh, and then they were like, well, how can we give a little hat tip to those fans who were either loved the Ed Sheeran appearance or hated it in season eight? And I think they found a way with these prostitutes, uh, which, as we know, prostitutes make for the best humor in Game <laughs> of Thrones. And... Uh, yeah, he's got no eyelids now, Ginger Eddie. He got his eyelids burned, his face burned right the fuck off. It's a damn shame. How funny would it be if we see him, like in the <laughs> background of one of these scenes in the next several episodes? Just Ed Sheeran wandering with no eyebrows or eyelids. Man, I know people get get a little, like, testy about how much I hated this. But, yeah, I, just dude, please, just, like, fast forward 10 years from now, when we're all thinking back about the greatest show Ever, ever put on TV, basically. And then there's a scene. And we have to remember the stain in season seven when they put Ed Sheeran in an episode and had him sing a song. And I think. And then say, it's a new one. And that's the difference between. Like, dude, it's a black mark on the show. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of the worst decisions they ever made. Yes. And I get that it was for fun. They were like. Ah, Ed Sheeran, one of the most famous musicians in the world. It'll be fun. But look, they've done lots of other cameos, like the one we're going to discuss in a little bit, where I didn't even notice. That's how a cameo in Game of Thrones is done. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard. I didn't fucking know that was him until like yeah. weeks later. We don't need we don't need Ed Sheeran uh, popping up on screen making cheeky jokes about his new music. No, it was, yeah. Yeah. But uh, enough about that. Next call. Hey, it's Sydney from Houston. I'm wearing my Party Like Tyrion, Slay Like Daenerys shirt. And I was thinking there was a guy who called during the rewatch, I think, about how he was wondering if there's going to be a, like a horde of white children running around attacking people. And we already got one. So you guys think we're going to see a lot more? Or is that the only dead child zombie scary creature that we're going to see the rest of the season? I personally don't want to see a giant gang of them, but you never know with this show. Okay. Uh, Sydney from Houston wearing her Party Like Tyrion, Slay Like Daenerys t-shirt. How funny is it that I said, point blank, you are not going to see a bunch of children get slaughtered, white children, and first of all, I love saying white children because it sounds like <laughs> you're talking about Anglo white children when you're not. Uh, they, you're not going to see a big squad of them getting slaughtered. And then in episode one... They lit one on fire. Okay. What we specifically said, though, was, was, squads. was at the Battle of Winterfell. Okay. We're not going to see a bunch of, like, eight-year-olds getting their heads chopped off by the White Walkers. Right. Like, we're not going to watch children and women getting murdered. Okay. But I think That doesn't might. mean that they can't... That's different than... We didn't... Like, we, di we didn't watch Ned get killed by the White Walkers. Right. He was, and when we saw him, he, he was just like a little zombie Chucky doll, basically screeching up there. <laughs> I mean, his little screech was Umber, really... not 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 Ned Stark. Just yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Ned Umber. Ned Umber. For anyone Sorry. who didn't who didn't Apologies. know that, um, little Umber is also Ned. That, that's what we said. We said 
because we were talking about how they're like, we need every man, woman, and child collecting dragon glass and fighting and making yeah. swords and all that. Right. So then our question was like, are we going to see, you know, 10-year-olds out on the battlefield just getting whacked? Just and running I st- <laughs> in full speed at each other? Yeah, and I still don't think that that... That, that we're going to see that now I, I do let me let me since we're here on uh, on the whites and I don't I don't think we have I don't think we have any calls about this you can stop me if we do okay uh, one thing that we did talk about that we said was not going to be possible I think might end up being possible and that is the Night King's ability to raise the dead south of the wall oh we're going to get into it okay yeah we are definitely going to get into it a little bit no okay here's what I'll say I was thinking about all the times we've seen white children and they've used it like every season. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I believe there is a chance we do see like a little horde of white children running around murdering people. I don't think the flip side is going to happen. I don't no, think I we're going to yeah. see a bunch more children and women getting murdered because we've already... But, think no, about yes. even in Hard Home. They were like, look, yeah, they had a bunch, a bunch of yeah. kids. Yep. They're all dead. And this chick was like, well, I can't do it. Crossed her arms and let them eat her. Yep. That was the extent of children whites that we've gotten. Like, we didn't yeah. see those kids get slaughtered and turned and then see them attack. Yeah, we just see them as the little zombie people. Right. I, de- I definitely think we might see see that. Okay, okay. And we'll get into the other part of that that you uh, right. just teased shortly here. But uh, next call. What's up, Clam Fam? This is Nick from San Diego. Just had a correction on the actual showrunners. Um, I don't know if you watched the Beyond the episode after this one, but when they were you know, doing a recap of uh, Daenerys and her motivations. She, they had talked about how she, you know, burned Randall Tarley and Dick on Tarley. And for some reason, uh, I believe it was um, Benioff said that, that she murdered Randall Tarley and his eldest son, Dickon, which as we all know is not his eldest son. Samuel is the oldest son. I mean, that was the whole reason that he sent Samuel to the walls because he didn't want his, heir to be a big fat guy so i don't know, I just think it's funny that <laughs> there's so much detail on the show that their own the own showrunners uh gets thrown off with some of the minor details so anyway i know you guys aren't usually the biggest fan of those things but i thought you guys would think that was funny that they got it wrong so anyway love the pod glad that we're back we spend entirely too much time ripping benioff and weiss for their little <laughs> for their little after the fucking show things anyway anyway of course, even the showrunners make mistakes. I think it's a testament to just how complicated this show is that even the two men in charge of telling it make mistakes yeah. from on yeah. from time to time. Sam, and this is a thing. The reason this call is being played is I had forgotten this that Sam is the eldest Tarly boy, and it's what makes Randall such an asshole. Aside from that, he's always being a dick. He didn't want his heir to be a great big fat person and nerd. That's why he sent him to the wall. Yeah. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, super fucked up. Uh, but yeah, so so the one that gets roasted, is his brother Dickon, is actually his younger brother. Right. Which right. does make a little more sense for me when now I'm thinking of Sam's reaction because it's a different dynamic. It just is. And I I feel like that's why he can't get over Dickon, the loss of Dickon. And the fact that Danny roasted Dickon with Randall is the real problem. It's not that Randall's gone. That would have been absolutely something he, he, he forgot in a minute. He would have gotten over that. Yeah. Yep. But the fact that Dickon got roasted, that it's his little brother, and it's somebody that he looked up to as kind of like the, you know, 
ideal male heir. Yeah, the cooler brother. The cool, handsome, big warrior. That's brutal for Sam as a, as a big brother. Yep. And uh, and you and I I can attest to the fact that that would crush you. So. Yeah, he's he's going to be fucked up this season on Danny. I don't think we're going to see Sam go full turn back to this is the woman we all need as queen. We need to stand behind her in the next episode or two. I think it'll take something drastic to get him back on her side. Cersei. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Felix Gray. We live constantly staring at screens. I'm staring at two right now. Our lives revolve around them. Cell phones, TVs, computers. It's insane. And through them, technology allows us to do things never before possible in human history. We can communicate with friends and family in an instant. Information is accessible in abundance in just a moment. And we're pushing what's capable constantly. The problem is, so many Americans are in front of their screens for so long every day that 60% of us now report symptoms of digital eye strain. Which is bad. It's where, you know, if you feel uh, your eyes getting exhausted, if you experience headaches, blurry vision, dry eyes, if you have eye fatigue after a long period of staring at screens, that's what this is. It's digital eye strain. You're going to spend 3,500 hours looking at screens this year, and those screens are going to emit blue light that can be harmful to your eyes. And that is where our sponsor, Felix Gray, comes in as the solution. They design incredible uh, blue light filtering lenses that filter 90% of all high-energy blue light out. They're on a mission to protect our eyes and make sure that every second of those 3,500 hours we spend this year staring at screens is going to be comfortable for our peepers. They're the best blue light filtering lenses on the market housed in designer frames that are both stylish and durable without distorting color. And you can get yours today at felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses dot com slash OCC Felix Gray Glasses dot com slash OCC. Next call. Hi, my name is Shania. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, this is my first time calling in. I was just listening to the podcast uh, season eight, episode one, and I also watched the episode. It just really pissed me off that these people are. I mean, I, I get that they're weary of outsiders, the northerners, but the only reason these people are here are, you know, is to save their lives. If I was John and Danny, if these people kept acting this way, I would take my shit, my dragons, my armies, and go somewhere else and let them fight the goddamn White Walkers by themselves. Because this is pissing me off. They, they're only there to help, and hopefully they get that. But, I mean, fuck that. I would just leave. Y'all don't want me here. Peace. I'm out. You know, but... That's my take. Bye. You got to leave it to Baltimore to come through with <laughs> one of the best calls in the history of this podcast. Uh, yeah, okay, so look. Monday's podcast, we kind of explained away the northern frustration a little bit. Uh, yeah, we did. And now having gotten some, well, listened to several hundred takes on this, and having seen a lot on Twitter and having thought about it some more, there is a, there's a point. To be made on both sides. Like, yes. Oh, absolutely. John and Danny being there to help them to ensure they survive is obviously point number one. And we gave a lot, of, we did give like, yeah. a lot of, you know, credit to John's concise way of putting it. True. Like, his yo, argument was, was the best it's it ever been. Right. It was, it was my crown or your life, basically. And they still are like, ah. Yeah. And they are definitely, they're slow on the uptake for sure. It's in, you know, 
even though the threat is not, if you will. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is not. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of like you do still get the sense that it's still not real to a lot of people. Yeah, I feel I feel you. It's it's funny because even as a viewer, like we've seen the White Walkers, we've seen everything they can do. We've seen their massive army. We've seen giants in that army. We've seen them ride a dragon now, and even even as a viewer, you still get a little bit of the like you identify a little bit with like the come on, yeah. And we've fucking seen it. So yeah, you can imagine that if you lived in Winterfell, you'd be like still a little bit part of you would be like, well, until I see one. I don't know if I believe all this well, nonsense. Um, and specifically, Sansa and Arya, have they seen? Any havoc that 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 these no that these dead the army of the dead can you make can a wreak? great point, Barrett. The people complaining the most, the people that are really in the camp of like just don't forget where you came from. They're people who haven't seen what's coming. Yeah, they don't know, and uh, that might be the main reason that they just frankly don't have the fucking scale to judge all this on. Right, but but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. It, it would it, it would be extremely frustrating and i think it is very frustrating for john to have to keep saying that like yo i'm trying to save season i'm trying to save you people's lives man i'm the least selfish human ever (laughs) i died a couple seasons back but you fucks yeah no it's really annoying for him i'm sure and then for danny it's even worse because like she's rolling in as and i don't mean this and even as a knock on her she's entitled because she believes the throne to be hers and to be hers by right She's waited a very long time. She's impatient. She's been through a lot of different shit, including rape by, uh, what are they, Dothraki, which then fortunately ended up working out. But point is, Danny's been through a lot. And for her to get all the way across the narrow sea, roll all the way to Winterfell in an effort to save all these people's lives, and then for their reaction to be like, bitch, who are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah, that's yeah. Of course it's frustrating for her. And uh, I, I got to stand with Shania from Baltimore here. It, it is tempting. You almost root for them to be like, fuck these people, see them take their shit in their yeah. dragons and roll. It's like, fine. W- good luck then. Good luck against this force in the Night King that's coming. We're going to be over in the Iron Islands sipping daiquiris with Yara because yeah. you guys. <laughs> and I, I feel you. I want that in a way. Next call. What's up, guys? Nico here from Colorado, living in Oregon right now. A couple quick things I want to address. Uh, first and foremost, um, the new intro sequence. We saw a lot of places that we haven't seen before, and they elaborated on them. It's very notable to me as we spent a ton of time in the crypts of Winterfell. I don't know if they're just showing us that because a big conversation happened in there in the first episode. But to me, it makes me think a lot about what's down there that might be super important to the story. Um, you guys talk a lot about maybe the Night King having a character arc where we find out that he's not all bad and maybe there's something down there he's interested in, especially with him potentially being of Stark blood originally. Also, I'm surprised you guys didn't point this out and I can't be the only person calling you about it, but the cameos in the first episode, most notably Mac from Always Sunny getting shot in the back of the frickin' face um, with an arrow by Theon, uh, that his name's Rob McElhenney, so that was awesome. And then also shouts to you guys for killing it with the pop culture references in the in the episode recap. That was fantastic. All right, love you guys. Bye. All right, Nico from from Colorado, living in Oregon, which I think legally requires you to smoke pot on a daily basis. If you're from Colorado and you live in Oregon, I just want to thank Nico for that call and for for giving us the props. But 
Nico, you didn't tell us to keep doing what we're doing. That's so true. now I don't know if I should keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe we just end the episode. Should we here. just stop this podcast? I think, I think once we've, <laughs> no one has said, keep doing what you're doing, we have to stop. Yeah. We're required to. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is your crypt talk here. Crypt talk, okay. Crypt talk, yeah. So new intro sequence. We spend a lot of time in the crypts during said intro sequence, and people are all fucking in on the crypts this weekend, on, yeah. this, on yeah. this season. Sorry. You What's can, your, and we, you, you know, you, we got some crypt talk, and then later we can do a crypt walk. We will. We'll crypt walk at the end of the show. <laughs> Uh, tea on the end of that please don't come for us yes yeah sorry we're just making jokes uh <laughs> just jokes yeah um all right so hit hit your hit your 30 second button a couple of times if you don't want if you don't potential want like, spoiler potential spoiler it is a potential spoiler this is a prediction we are going to make here uh just skip to the next call if you can i'll put time time notes in this episode it, it, so you can it, um, yeah it, it's I think the dead people in the Winterfell Crips are going to become White Walkers. I am very sadly 100% with you. Now. Yeah. After after hearing this call, after considering it a little more, like in terms of, dude, that's a, they go all the way down there in the fucking yes. opening sequence. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's weird. And for people who are like, well, they go all the way into the Red Keep. That's where the Iron Throne is. It's the most important object, arguably, in the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Why are we in the Crips? And I mean, the answer is because Ned's down there. And then all the other dead Starks. But there's just been all this buzz around, like, are we going to see Ned Stark reincarnated as a zombie? And speaking of which, happy birthday, uh, happy 60th birthday to Sean Bean, who plays Ned Stark. But And at first I was like, come on, how would they ever pull this off from, like, a visual standpoint? Like, Mm -hmm. Ned walking up out of the crypts. He's got no head. He's holding it or something like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, but dude, we're going to lose Winterfell. They're not going to win the Battle of Winterfell. It's in episode three. We're pretty positive. What the fuck are the other three episodes going to be if they win the Battle of Winterfell? That's a good point. So they're yeah. going to get pushed back. We're going to have, this is the way I'm seeing it play out in my head. Now, this could be completely wrong. It probably will be. It's a hard home situation. During the retreat... You look back and you see this motherfucker raising things from the dead in Winterfell. Perhaps mm-hmm. Ned's one of them. I don't know if they're going to go that far, but I do think he's going to get Winterfell and that Winterfell will cease to exist as we know. So so there's a piece of a trailer that we debated whether it was real or a dream sequence or, or, or something yeah. else. And it's Arya and she's running terrified. And she, it looks like she's in Winterfell. Subterranean. She's below ground. Okay. So the, the, and we're we're all wondering like what would she possibly be running from? Yeah, like well, that's that. where Zombie Ned's theory was born. Okay. I think was that right. trailer because we were like, oh my god. So yeah, so that's that's why that's why I'm now that then that piece of it like has continued to show up in certain teasers and trailers. Yeah, and it's like okay, I'm scared. It, it would make a lot of sense for her to be running from whites down there yeah and wasn't the other teaser i didn't watch it in fact i think i lied and said i did when i didn't just so people would leave me alone uh isn't there another one that's like the aftermath of winterfell with like like long claws on the ground and like the cat's paw daggers oh yeah i I have not seen that either okay well that also there's apparently one that's like it's like a teaser and it's just like a visual kind of pan i think yeah i like i refuse to watch it yeah i refuse um, but that could be another piece of evidence towards this actually being something that takes place. The Crips seem to have an amount of focus on them in season eight that makes me extremely uncomfortable. 
and I just want to tack onto this. Now, if it is the case that the Night King can just come down and just like raise all the dead people from graveyards, are, from graveyards who are buried in the ground, like in the entirety of Westeros, oh, this is over. They got a serious issue on their hands. <laughs> it's a numbers game here that they're not going to win yeah, if he can yeah. raise any any dead person, dead person yep. from the grave. Yeah, which yep. is why initially we were like, exactly, we were like, well, no, no way, way he yep. has the power to do this. Yeah, but now I'm just. I just don't know anything anymore. Also, yeah, uh, Mac from Always Sunny took an arrow through the back of the head, through the eyeball. It's Rob Mac- McElhaney. I never know how to say his name. That's, I think you nailed it. Um, and honestly, it's funny because when when his face popped up on the screen for that split second, I was like, it was semi-recognized. Like you kind of you're like, wait a minute, and then he takes an arrow through the eye, and you're like, <laughs> oh, never mind, I don't care anymore. So you immediately move on. But there was so, you could almost tell it was him. They did just enough to make it the perfect cameo. Keys to a Game of Thrones cameo. One, nobody. you need to be done up in a way that nobody no, you don't look like your famous person self. Right. That's first and foremost. Right. I don't want to like notice the cameo. Yeah. I Which is why be, we had so much issue with I want to be told about it afterwards and then have the thing where I'm like, oh, oh, Ty. Holy shit. And then you go back and watch the scene. And you're like, damn, it is him from Always Sunny. Yeah. Or no. Uh, so, and then also uh, you need to be so unimportant to any type of storyline or sh- or or plot that you just die immediately or have like maybe half a second on screen right there you go that's it that's it and that's what's happened because with the be, two best because the, the cameo is that dude I, it's like it, you know how some people like just want to be a zombie on walking dead yes because they like the show yeah, a lot it's a weird amount of people actually yeah. yeah so that's what this is you you love game of thrones so much that you would do anything for like uh, to be an extra yeah. on it for two seconds and you're famous enough to be plugged in to get that opportunity yes and and so and uh I, did you know this david benioff and db weiss wrote an episode of always sunny that's where that connection comes from no but that makes perfect sense yeah, yeah that, i'm sure they're boys and that he, they called in a favor there for like hey bro could you can i get in this last season bro yeah Put some dirt on my face. Have an arrow go through my eye. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, for real, that was. I thought that was a perfectly executed cameo. If I don't even know until a couple days later, mm-hmm. you did it. You did it, and that's what they did with Noah Syndergaard as well. So I loved it so much. Uh, next call. Hey, Clam Fam, this is Garrett from California. I just had a quick question. You think now that Jon Snow knows that he's Aegon Targaryen, and he knows that he is a Targaryen, fire won't affect him like it did back in the earlier seasons, and that. You know, maybe is there a chance that we see that now that he's a Targaryen, could some of uh, his grandfather, uh, the Mad King, could some of that affect him and maybe make him go crazy? Or do you think we're just going to stick with the same old brooding, you know, good-hearted Jon Snow? But I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Love the pod. Keep doing what you're doing. So the the part of this for me that's really interesting is whether or not this newfound information that Jon Snow is a Targaryen, this new information about his heritage, his parentage, will it change his personality at all? Because everything about his personality was based on his who he thought to be his dad, Ned, the most honorable man he ever met, as he says. Um, but now that he knows he's not Ned's son, do we think it'll affect him from a base level on like a character personality level? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. Because that and, would be really hard to pull and off. Re- and <laughs> a really easy point here to make. Don't forget the conversation that he has with Theon in season seven. Yeah. He's Wh- like, which, you, which one? When he tells him, you don't, oh. have, you don't have to choose, man. You're both. Yeah. Like, you were 
Ned Stark's kid. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It's not it, about blood. It, it's not about blood. And we yeah. can just now we can talk all day about nature versus nurture. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like not only does Jon Snow still have Stark blood in him. Right. But he was raised by Ned Stark. He was the son of Ned Stark. His biological dad is a Targaryen, but he is Ned Stark's kid yeah. at the end of the day. His uncle father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, and then the point about fire, I, I'm, I, we already know that that is a unique property of, uh, or quality trait, whatever you want to call it, yeah. of Daenerys. Well, of, her, of her, dragon, her, bro- her brother like, didn't did not exact. possess those qualities. If you remember, there's a distinction made in season one or two early on. Not all Targaryens are, quote, dragons, end quote. Okay, fire cannot burn the dragon is the line that Danny says, or fire cannot burn a dragon is the line Danny says after her bro- brother Viserys is executed by her then-husband, Khal Drogo. That, I, it's not every Targaryen who has the dragon thing inside of them. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of people were calling back to John grabs like a lantern in one of the seasons early on and recoils because he's burned by that lantern. Uh, people are calling back to that and asking, oh, well, that must have been like a, the reaction he thought he was supposed to have to grabbing something hot, but he's a Targaryen, so he couldn't get burned. No, that's not the case. He could still get burned. It's yeah. not all Targaryens are impervious to all heat and fire. <laughs> that's not the case. We've seen one of them get murdered by melted gold already or right. whatever, So, which is still compl- like that's still a tough one. To explain to people, like, dragon or a f- fire cannot hurt the dragon. Well, fire is not what happened to him. He got gold dumped on his head. Yeah. And then yeah. he died. But yeah. <laughs> and, and then the mental illness thing, it's like, yeah, suddenly John's going to start losing his mind because his grandpa was a psycho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I, I just think that John is is a, such a headstrong person that this is not going to... We're too deep into the character. Look, man, like uh, as as much as we are kind of anticipating some conflict here yeah. between Daenerys and Jon about this whole thing, I, I still think there's like an outside chance that he tells her this and then they're like, man, maybe we should just keep this quiet. Um, I, I uh, thought about that the second that this information hit Jon. I thought what he was about to do was like choke Sam like, if you ever tell anybody this ever, R- right. I'll fucking kill you because of realizing the implications and how complex it would make everything else. But I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I still think there's an outside chance that happens, that he says, we need to find a way to never tell anyone about this ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, because j- just think about- think How are about they going to sell it? Yeah. Think, and think about the character traits that we know. Like, John has consistently said that he doesn't care about all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that the titles mean nothing, that the, that, that the crowns and the thrones and all of that, like, he does not care. Right. He literally right? gave it away. Yeah. And so it's just- I, why would just knowing that he is the true heir change that? Right. You know what I mean? I don't. It's tough to say because his like reaction, now he's going to suddenly like be like, oh yeah, I should like I was I, born for this. Yeah, I, I think that something. I think Daenerys would have to make a true heel turn and do something more unforgivable than burn than than burning Randall and Dickon. Right. For him to like be like, I need to take. I this need to from take. Her. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, this is where I'm. I've got no real prediction on what we see here, how yeah, this unfolds it's, it's, next next episode. Yeah, That's what we're yeah. going to see on Sunday, and it's yep. it's it's one of the scarier. Th- everything is scary at this point. There's <laughs> not nothing coming that isn't scary, but it's one of the things that I'm real interested to see how it, they wrap it, it up. Yeah, no, it's it's like how they solve the problem of John and Danny's power complex now. Yep. 
how they solve the problem of distributing that information to the common folk mm-hmm. and having it make sense even. They're going to tell everybody in Winterfell, by the way, Jon Snow is actually a Targaryen this whole fucking time. Yeah. These people hate Targaryens. Yeah, and what does that do, what does that do for, like, doesn't that kind of give him the the path to the throne, but weaken his case to be the king of the north, which right. is why all the northerners support him in the first place. Yes, it's so complicated, <laughs> dude. And it's funny, like even his own sisters, they don't like the Targaryens right. because they're of the north and they're north women. So they're not, uh, he's, he, it's going to be weird, no matter what. It's going to be awkward and it's going to be awesome and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Manscaped. Are you a nice southern boy or girl living like a wildling because your body hair is completely out of control? We've all hit a patch in our lives, whether it's because of a dry spell or laziness or ignorance where things can get a little unkempt. I've been there myself. And Manscaped dragged me back from the depths. With their incredible lawnmower 2.0, the greatest electric body razor ever made, there is absolutely no fear in hurting your nuts with a nick or a cut or a snag ever again. The Manscaped product line was created specifically for a man's distinctive grooming needs below the waist, featuring specially formulated products to cleanse, moisturize, and deodorize your smelly balls. They also offer tools engineered to give every gentleman a close, refined appearance, empowering men by providing the right tools for the right job. And again, the Lawnmower 2.0 is awesome. It's rechargeable. It's waterproof. Uh, it's their trimmer with skin-safe technology for a nick-free trim. And to learn more about Manscaped's revolutionary products, visit Manscaped. Dot com M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use the code OCC. You'll get 20% off your entire order. Manscaped.com today. Code OCC, 20% off your whole order. Your balls will thank you. Bumblebee Tuna. Next call. Hi, Clem Tam. This is Tammy from Arizona by way of Texas. I was born in Texas and I'm a UT alum, class of 92. I took the black with you guys for the rewatch and it made me ready for the new season, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, of course, I love the podcast. Um, I just wanted to give you guys one explanation of why I, as a viewer and fan, was angry and upset at Sansa and also Arya's reaction and the North's reaction to John um, bowing the knee to Danny and bringing her home. First of all, hasn't the North always been ruled by whomever sat on the Iron Throne? Um, so did they really think that they had enough people um, to fight and be their own entity under John, I, I think that's unrealistic within the story and not not just from the writers, but within the story for the characters. So that made me angry. The other, other reason it made me angry is if you say this guy is your king, then you should trust him. Um, he obviously trusts Danny, so that, that kind of was a didn't make sense to me, again, within the story. And also, Danny hasn't done anything for them to mistrust her. Um, so that's just my take on why a lot of us were mad, and it's setting up this um, rift between Sansa and Arya against John that we really don't have time for, and that's going to weaken them. So, so I just thought I'd give that perspective. Um, also, speaking of Danny, I want to thank you guys because you uh, went into what I think is... Um, just inexplicable in the fandom as to why people think it was so wrong for Danny to kill the Tarleys. She tells them to kneel or die, and they chose to die, including Dickon. Um, so while I understand Sam being sad about it, I don't understand him being angry at her for doing it. 
Okay, okay. Tammy from Arizona, you get two minutes on our voicemail. <laughs> two minutes. Everybody gets two minutes. That's not up to us. It cuts you off after two minutes. Tammy got cut off. But I loved her, so I planned the call anyway. But two minutes, Tammy. You didn't even get to say goodbye. It's a damn shame. Tammy makes some good points about the Northerners and their further, uh, all the frustration and anger that's going on up there. The point that she makes that most upsets me is this is what they've always done. Ned was the warden in the North. They agreed to live under the, under the crown. They're ruled by King's Landing. This has always been the way it works in our, you know, in our history anyway, and, and what we know about Game of Thrones yeah, in, in our yeah. show, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that they've always... Here, okay, here's one thing about the Northerners that we really, really know. They're a very proud people. Yeah, and isolated, sort of. And Yeah, and kind of stubborn, too. Yeah. And just like you said, like they, they're gruff. When, even when ruled by, you know, the 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 crown right. down in King's Landing, they're kind of left to their own devices. True. The 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 southerners don't want to come up north. It's right. cold as shit. It's not comfortable. So they're just like they're very insular. They're very, you know, protective of their own. They're isolationists a little bit, yeah. And so I, I think that everybody just has this this thing now, especially after especially after Ned Stark went south, got betrayed, lost his dome, and like they they were like, okay, that's enough. They were like, fuck these people. We want to be on our own. Rob Stark, you're the king of the north now. Let's get our independence. Let's do the damn thing. And that's where you're. That's a great point. That's where things took a turn. It was Rob Stark being like, fuck this. We are going independent. No more King's Landing rule. They ever since then, I think they've been in the mindset that they want or deserve independence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where a little bit of the anger about maybe answering to King's Landing and Danny, even if it's Danny there, they don't care who it is. They don't want to answer to anybody anywhere. Yeah, and and I, and you know we we touched on this on Monday as well, but I'll I'll just kind of reiterate: like people don't always think with their best interest in mind. They don't. No. They're they're stubborn. They think they know what they want. They're very committed to like a certain like worldview or perspective that they might have for sure, and they don't really want to like hear anything else. Right, it happens all the time. So they sometimes ju- you can actually catch yourself doing this and still not stop it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think they just and, and we a point that we added today is that most of these people ag- might agree that the threat is real, but haven't actually seen it firsthand or encountered it or really truly comprehend like the devastation that it's going to bring. Right. And so they just kind of have their head buried in the sand and they're like, I, like, I know what I want. It's independence and Jon Snow is the king of the north. I don't even want to listen to anything else. I think that's it's the, a lot. That's the point where they're at right now. Yeah, I think it's a lot for them to have wrap their heads around. It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you were if you were at your home and somebody showed up and was like, hey, oh, look, I'm in charge now. There's a massive threat to your life and everyone else's life that you love on the way. I'm going to save you from that, but uh, you got to do everything I say, henceforth. Right. You wouldn't just be like, all right, let's ride. You'd be like, whoa, 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 what the fuck is going on here? I agreed that Jon Snow was king, not you. That last part you obviously wouldn't say. Um, Her other points. They trusted, this is the one where it really frustrates me too. They trusted Jon enough to make him king. They trusted his brother enough to make him king. They trusted his his uncle father enough to make him warden in the north before him. And yet they don't trust John to make the decision to give up the crown to protect them and save their lives. 
It's just the lack of trust in John is what's led us to three, four seasons of him having to explain himself over and over and over to the point that he's now so good at it <laughs> that you actually notice, like, that was a succinct argument, Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, on the other hand, hasn't really done anything to earn their distrust. She's just showed up to save all their lives. She could have roasted all these people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, get, show some respect for the fact that, that these people showed up to try and help, even if it's it, terrifying at first. Maybe we'll see some turnaround in episode two. Maybe. And and uh, y- they talk about that in the episode. Like, they don't, they, uh, specifically in regards to Sansa, but yeah, I- I'll just use that line for all the Northerners. They don't know her. Right. And it's a legacy thing here. A the stranger. La- the last time that they encountered a Targaryen, he was burning their, their their leader's brother and father alive. Yeah, there's a lot of history to this. And the last time that they had to give up Winterfell to the king the king in the south, right? Like Ned Stark got his head whopped off. Yeah. So like they just it's a it's they're just recalling history. And That's being a lot like, of precedent. Man. This doesn't usually work out very well for right. us. Right. So they're just you know I think that we'll see. I I expect to see a little bit of turnaround here leading up to the battle. I'll say this. From the Northern. I think for a lot of viewers, they get super frustrated by the North's reaction and maybe just don't realize that they feel both sides. Like you do, I think you're supposed to feel both sides. You're supposed to feel John and Danny obviously trying to help, but you're also supposed to feel from the side of the Winterfell people. Like these regular people, it's what we've we've talked about in the past. Game of Thrones is very much a show about the powerful decision makers Mm -hmm. in this society of Westeros and across the Narrow Sea. It's not about the regular flea-bottom peasant commoner so much. But that person would very much have a perspective, and their perspective in this particular case, I believe, is accurate. You would be like, I don't know about all this noise. I just don't know. Anyway, next and final call. Hey, this is Curtis from Illinois. I had a comment and a hypothesis first of all you guys are awesome love OCC use it for all my cross-country trips to listen to uh the first comment I have is I thought it was kind of ironic that it snowed in the midwest in the middle of April kind of insinuating that winter is here right as the episode plays my hypothesis deals with Braun and the crossbow I think potentially there could be some foreshadowing in the later episodes and even a double cross with Bronn potentially taking out something on Cersei and using the crossbow on her. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Hey, thanks for doing all that you guys do. Bye. He didn't say keep doing what you're no, doing. No, no, he God didn't. It's yeah. really going to be tough for us on? to do what this show on? next Monday. I don't know how we're going to do it. Curtis from Illinois. Uh, thank you to all of our Midwestern brothers and sisters who called in to tell us about this incredible <laughs> snowstorm. I had no idea that this happened, and it's a very cool story. Apparently, it started like ridiculous snow right as the episode was like airing, and it's it's fucking April. That's not supposed to happen. We got a lot of calls about that. Uh, shouts to all y'all. I'm sure that made it all the more special. Oh yeah, to watch Indeed. the episode with Braun and the crossbow. Clearly one of the bigger question marks going forward in season eight is going to be what does Braun do with the crossbow? Uh, he's going to go north, right? As in, as an assassin, if you or an, a supposed to be assassin. Yeah. Uh, so rolling in secret with the crossbow to go find Jamie and Tyrion, and in the event that they don't survive, he's supposed to take them out. 
Now, we're all pretty confident that that straight up happening that way would be uh, just devastating and horrible and awful and, oh, my God, please, no. Yeah, there's just got to be something. It's got to be a twist. Yeah, there's there's something with this storyline that would, with it, yeah. So this is another place that I do see a potential double cross for sure, but I don't, I don't think it will involve Cersei because I don't think Cersei's ever going to go north. I don't see Cersei leaving King's Landing. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronn is going to be leaving King's Landing. So unless he stays, never leaves, and then just goes and shoots her, which would be the least climactic <laughs> double cross ever, uh, then, yeah, he's going to go north, and he's not going to be with Cersei to kill Cersei. So I don't necessarily think that it's Bronn that takes out Cersei. I'm trying to imagine what's the coolest thing he could do with the crossbow. And they've got dragon glass tipped arrows and shit now, dude. I, it could be anything. He could take out a White Walker. He could take out the fucking Night King. I I don't know. These White Walkers, I don't think they fucking realize this, but the dra- dragon, glass, dragon glass tipped arrows are a very big problem mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many they're able to create, but if let's say, you remember scenes from like Braveheart, Gladiator, any fucking medieval type of battle scene. Like the arrow raining down. The arrow raining down, Mm -hmm. you're done. It's over. There's no running from that. You get hit. (coughs) So, excuse me. I understand that they have shields and whatnot, but, bro, if that's like the kryptonite to White Walkers and it's raining from the sky, we've got a better shot than we had before, right? Yeah. I'm psyched about the dragonglass arrows thing. Anyway, the only connection there is that the crossbow, of course, fires arrows. I just, because it, it has to it has to work storytelling wise, right? So it can't be that he shows up. He's like watching a battle unfold, and he sees Jamie in one corner and like Tyrion in another, and he's like, "Oh God, which one should I shoot?" And then the Night King's in the middle, and he changes his mind and goes with him or something. Like that's stupid. That's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen because I'm not the fucking showrunner, but I'm 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 excited about this storyline as well. Yeah, I, I mean, the truth is, I, I'm this is definitely one where I. I'm having a hard time like putting a story together that makes sense in my mind, which is good. That's been a good sign. But that, yeah, in my opinion, every yeah. time I haven't been able to like really come up with something that I thought, ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. They've done something good with it. If I think the more in the dark, confused, and like the more guesses we're all taking as as viewers, the better off the show will be because we're we're not going to be right more often than yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, I mean, yeah, looking forward to seeing what Braun does, but. Uh, you know, feels like it would be more heroic than evil. He's come too far, and we've seen too many moments of right versus wrong where Braun made the right choice mm-hmm. for him to suddenly be like, and now I'm all in on the gold. And the Kyburn's argument was like, these brothers, they both double-crossed you and lied to you. But yeah, Braun also knows the game. Yeah. And he has gotten paid multiple times by these Lannisters. It's yes. not as if they totally ripped him off. Yeah. So I don't believe that his reaction to that was, you're right, Kyburn, they really wronged me. I think he's just annoyed and always wants more, and he's always asking for more. And But enough to kill them? Fuck no. Not in my opinion. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so. And that will do it. For today's episode, unless Barrett has more to add, yeah, before, it sounds but, like before does. before we wrap it up, I just this is something that I, that I was thinking about. Yeah, after watching episode one, you know, we're thinking about like how the plot unfolds, how right. the story unfolds. There wasn't really like a oh somebody is about to get got moment next like very soon. So after watching episode one, who do you have dying first now? I love this this question because it's uh, well for mo- the up- the upcoming episode the one on Monday um, 
is the last like regular length mm-hmm. episode we have this season. Yeah. The other four are much longer or you know lo- significant 30 yeah. minutes longer ish. Which makes me think um, we get another more classic Game of Thrones episode, and maybe it's not all about the death and the who's getting knocked off yet. I think it's going to be about more setup still, yeah, okay. um, based on the episode time and the fact that I think we don't know the title. Uh, I don't know that it's the Queen's Justice or whatever. Whatever I said it was earlier in the week has since been removed from okay. the internet and may or may not be the actual title of the episode. But I think we're going to be spending a lot of time in Winterfell again based on the fact that Jamie just arrived. We've seen the trailer yeah, that yeah. very much looks like there's going to be some type of trial situation. Yeah. I don't I don't know that we see anybody die here. So no okay. All right. I'm not worried about death yet. It's that's I know we're getting a ton of it. It's coming. Mhm. Will we see any in episode 2? That's the other thing you have to imagine. It's like, okay, there's a good chance to me that the end of episode 2 is the start of the battle for Winterfell. It doesn't have to be full-blown raging yet but the setup will probably be there like the white the, the army of the dead and the white walkers Walking like approaching up. yeah yeah them yeah. getting a distance the drum start or whatever it's like a fucking you know maybe so that wouldn't shock me if we saw that but uh i'm scared for jamie even though i know he lives <laughs> like i'm still scared because it's there's just so much lannister hate in the place <laughs> that he just walked willingly into at the moment yeah it'll be it, it it should be should create a lot of good stuff a lot of a lot of interesting moments it will and uh but as of like immediate fears of death i think i'm oddly fine what about do you have anybody off the top that you're like this person might die soon well i was just trying to like think of like anything they could throw at us that would be you know could something kind of happen out of the blue and so i think most likely Euron seems like he's not too much longer for days. I'm right. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He, and what what is he going to do longer term? Come and, on. And then he already boned the queen. That was his climax. And then I Literally. also I I man, if they're really going to try to like pull the rug up out from under us, like is Tyrion kind of in danger somehow here? I got the the hope in my heart that Sansa's line, "I used to think you were the cleverest man alive," will finally kick his ass like, into yeah. gear okay. All right. because he was the cleverest man alive it's not as if that was a ruse or he just like pulled one over on everybody he was really really smart he loved books he, he had that great line about uh, a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone or whatever mm-hmm. he was a very very intellectual intelligent human and he's just had this shit run for two years <laughs> where he's just made bad decision after bad decision or just unlucky and I think I, I got the feeling maybe that line from Sansa is the one that kind of turns him around to get him like back sharp on point making good calls. Okay. All right. So I'm rooting for that. Otherwise, if I'm I do believe, yeah, that, there's a problem there. Something's yeah. wrong. All right, man. That's a, that's yeah. That's that's all I wanted. Thanks to, for getting that in to add. We, yeah, out here for sure. At the yeah. end. Yeah, we will be back on Monday to break down and discuss the second episode of Season 8 in the same fashion that we did this most recent Monday. Um, Again, I don't know the title of that episode or the writer and director, so take back what I said about all that shit on Monday. Uh, They have... I mean, they're he, very, they're he, being very sneaky. You got to think that Nutman and Cogman are somehow involved. I, I, well, I think they're both producers now <laughs> at this point, too. So no matter what, we're not totally wrong. But yeah, no, they're being super sneaky about the episode titles. Um, there's uh, This happens every season on Game of Thrones, but they get leaked from like Sweden and 
Right. HBO yeah, yeah. Nordic. And you're like, wait, what's happening? Like every year it, they come from these. Uh, it's from, like, damn it, Europe. If you can't get it together. handle the information, then we're just not going to give you the show. You can't watch until it. Until after we've all watched it. Yeah. So that's where like the leaks for the episode title and director and writer came from that I was thrown out. And uh, they may or may not be right. I, I still have an inkling that they will be right. We'll see. But point being, we'll be back Monday. Tell everybody you know, everybody, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, anyone who loves Game of Thrones that you talk to about Game of Thrones, that Game of Thrones comes up with, tell them Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm. They do two great episodes every week to help you digest uh, everything that goes on on the show. We're on Instagram, at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow us there uh, for some of the best Game of Thrones content on the internet. We're also on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles. You're going to see a lot of the same things you see on Instagram, plus... Uh, more interaction with fans, more f- of the funniest like retweets, the best Game of Thrones jokes and memes in the world uh, that might not translate very well to Instagram, for instance, are on there as well. And then you can also like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me, Ross Bolin, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, at W-R-Bolin on all three. And then again... My uh, personal podcast, the Ross Bolin Podcast, I'll be recording the 171st episode of which, immediately after this show, is available in all the same places that Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is available. It's a humor, comedy, laugh-based podcast. But we also talk a lot about serious shit that uh, that I think matters a whole lot or that it's important to me, uh, and we get pretty deep on occasion. Give it a listen. See if you like it. There's a shit ton of episodes for you to go back and try. Find one that you think, based on the title and the segment breakdown underneath the title, uh, suits your fancy. Barrett, where can we follow you on social media yes. and hear more of your lovely voice? Yeah, check me out on the uh, on on the platforms, <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Why are you been making jokes about <laughs> social media's mediums platforms for like two and a half years? We've been making this joke uh, at Barrett Dudley, and uh, and then yeah, check out the podcast Club Cool Pod. Uh, that's that's its Insta- Instagram name. If you want to kind of get a feel for for you know in picture form, of I like kinda, the way it sounds. Of, at Club Cool Pod. At Club Cool Pod. Yeah, yeah. Of of uh, of what we talk about on the show, but it is style, pop culture, entertainment, fashion. That 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 world right there. So if you're interested in that, give it a listen. Once again, at Club Cool Pod on Instagram to uh, to see what it's all about. And then find it right here wherever you're listening to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. And one last request for you, Clam Fam. If you're a longtime listener of the show or new, it doesn't really matter, and you've enjoyed what we've got going on here, and you've never taken a few seconds to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, we would very much appreciate it if you would do that over the course of this weekend. Uh, whether or not you've noticed, we are one of the biggest podcasts in the world now as a result of uh, all of the hype for Season 8. We grew up into like the top 25 on Apple Podcasts. It's been fucking crazy. We'll do better based on the ratings and reviews. So the more you rate and review, that feeds into Apple's algorithm that then shoots us up the charts. The higher up the charts we are, the more exposure we get. Many, many people in the world right now are going through and listening to like multiple Game of Thrones shows to try to get a feel for which one's going to work for them. And if we're up there and we have the opportunity to be one of those that that they're picking from, we're pretty confident that we're going to be the one they go with. So all that said... Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Write a few sentences about why you love the show, why you think other people would love it. It goes a long way towards helping us continue to grow. And then, as always, spread word of mouth. Tell people you know that watch Game of Thrones about the podcast. That is it. That's all we ask. And then we will be back Monday on the, to continue this ridiculous final journey with you all. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs>